So it's official. The Democrats have hit rock bottom. The vicious Democrats are no different than Vladimir Putin, who puts opposition leaders in prison. The Ayatollah, who puts dissidents in jail for no other reason than to punish them and to squash them down and suppress them. How are the Democrats any different than Putin and the Ayatollah? Trump has now been indicted, not because he's a Republican. A lot of Republicans do not get indicted because they are in the back pocket of the swamp. Mitch McConnell doesn't get indicted because they know that he's under their power. Trump is a threat. And I don't see how how the Democrats here are any different than Kim Jong-un, President Xi. George Soros is officially controlling the Democrat Party. That is clear. Uh, and that is not anti-Semitic, by the way. That's a fact. So we're going to get to all the details on the indictment coming up. The charges have been – they've been leaked to the media illegally by Alvin Bragg's office, but the charges have not been released. However, Tuesday, Trump, of course, is being arraigned, and we know there's at least one felony, 34 counts. They're saying 34 charges, including at least one felony. Meanwhile, QAnon Shaman has been released early from prison. How amazing is this? Let's get to a few of the other stories of the day, then we'll get back to Trump and the indictment. QAnon Shaman. He was serving a four-year sentence for no reason other than being a Trump supporter, being a MAGA poster boy. And again, another political dissident who was placed in jail despite being innocent. That was Chaman's only crime, was that he supported Trump. Well, of course, video surfaced just several weeks. What a coincidence here. Several weeks ago, video that was suppressed by Nancy Pelosi surfaces that to- exculpatory evidence that totally... So, uh, exonerates QAnon Shaman. And yet Nancy Pelosi, she, that's a crime. Unlike Trump, Pelosi did commit a crime by suppressing evidence that cleared the name of QAnon Shaman. And now Shaman is mysteriously released from prison. More details on that coming up. By the way, every, po- Trump, this is an, an enormous boost. This indictment has actually benefited Trump politically, benefited Trump in the polls, and now fundraising. Trump has raised $5 million off of this indictment since it's been announced. Five million. A lot of that, by the way, a lot of that money, I think the majority of that money is coming in in small donations. So you've got this grassroots uh, movement around the country, people giving $50, $75, $25, which, you know, that used to be, you know, that used to be a, a, a decent sum of money. But under Biden, the, the, you know, $25 buys you like a carton of eggs. But uh, Trump has raised five million dollars off this indictment and it hasn't even happened yet officially and or just happened or whatever. But uh, how am- does he have to give Alvin Bragg? A chunk of that money, like does he does he owe Alvin Bragg like like a commission for the, the for raising Trump personally raising five million dollars for Trump? Alvin Bragg is one of the best fundraisers that Trump has ever had, and now of course the polls are showing Trump. Every poll has Trump with the lead, a healthy lead, and Trump the other day said, if not for him, Ron DeSantis would be working at a pizza parlor, uh, a seminar. Uh, is being held in New York City for public school teachers. That You cannot make this stuff up. The seminar is discussing, is focusing on the harmful effects of whiteness. I'm literally quoting you. The seminar's topic is the harmful effects of whiteness. And you cannot make this stuff up. It's like a disease. It's like you're suffering from a disorder called whiteness. That is the theme of the seminar. Yes, New York City public school teachers are attending this seminar to learn all about the harmful effects of whiteness. Now, by the way, just talking about DeSantis for a minute, you know, Trump making that comment about the pizza parlor, Trump has targeted DeSantis. That's very clear. He's viewing DeSantis as like his next enemy. You know, this is what he does with the nicknames and the insults. And that's that's Trump's M.O. That's how he operates. Here's what I want to say about Ron DeSantis. I would be thrilled to have Ron DeSantis as president. Do I? Is He's unproven. We don't know what he would do. 
Uh, we do know what Trump would do because Trump has already done it. DeSantis has not. But I just want to point out that, you know, DeSantis right now is in the crosshairs of Trump. So he needs to be very – and he, DeSantis hasn't even announced that he's running, and yet Trump has made him a target. That's what he did with Marco. Remember what was it, little Marco? That's what he did with Ted Cruz. That's what he did, obviously, with Jeb Bush. So now does that mean that Ron DeSantis is going to end up – all those candidates got belittled by Trump – and it hurt them big time, you know. So uh, that that's really the question. Is Trump going to actually hurt DeSantis here before DeSantis even throws his hat into the ring? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Again, I'm not trying to say that I don't support or like Ron DeSantis. I would be more than happy to have Ron DeSantis. What do you mean? What about Trump? What about Nikki Haley? What about Mike Pompeo? As I've said many times, I'll take any of them. But my point just is that Ron DeSantis suddenly finds himself in a fight. And I, I don't know that he's ready. I don't know if it's anything like he's ever experienced before. All right. So number one, Trump's indictment. This is communist Russia. OK, these are bogus charges. These are made up charges. It's they're doing it to Trump because he's the opposition. But here's my problem. And by the way, Hillary Clinton, this is how corrupt the system is. Hillary Clinton literally committed the crime, the crime that they are charging Trump with, which Trump is innocent of. He never committed. Hillary did commit. And I can prove it because she was penal. She got a penalty. She got fined by the FEC. Uh, $113,000 she paid as a fine for funding the Steele dossier and not reporting it. So that's literally the campaign finance violation, the one that they're making up about Trump. Hillary was fined $113,000. Trump was not fined a dime in campaign finance violations for the payments that they're accusing him here of being a crime. Hillary's actually guilty of the crime. Of course, Hillary is never going to get indicted. So I hear people saying, I heard a very, very respected conservative say, we're living in a whole new world now because first president ever to be indicted and they're doing it because he's the opposition party. So now America has become a country where you indict, uh, you make up charges and then indict and charge the opposition leader. And here's where he's wrong. That this is not a whole new world. A whole new world is like it's going to happen again. It's going to happen the other way, too. It, it, it's not a whole new world if it only happens in one direction. The Republicans are spineless. The Republicans are never, ever going to play hard. They're never going to retaliate. So don't it, the, the whole new world is Trump is a threat and the Democrats, they'll do everything they can to destroy the man. Impeaching him twice. He just gets more popular. January 6th, which we now know was just just it was a complete charade. And we now know that it was fabricated by Pelosi, by the left. So that the that, that that didn't bring down. That only made Trump strong. Everything they do just makes him stronger. OK, so they're bringing him down. They're trying again. Now they're trying with the indictments. It's not like it's going to happen in the other direction. It's a whole new world when it happens. It's like this is unprecedented. America has now hit a new low. America has not hit a new low. The Democrats have hit a new low. I want to be very clear. And I think that, of course, we need to retaliate. Uh, look, look, look at Biden. Biden has committed Real crimes. I mean, very, very serious crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors, unlike Trump. Trump's impeached twice, and yet Biden never getting impeached. If Biden were a Chinese operative, if they literally found—he practically is, by the way— but if they found hard evidence that, that Biden is literally spying for China, sending them, you know, not that, I mean, why would they pick him as a spy? Why wouldn't they pick somebody who actually has some idea of what's going on in the country? But the point is that they would do nothing. So that's your story right there. And speaking of China, uh, the Chinese spy balloon. And like I said, we're going to get back to the indictment here. I know I'm a little bit jumping around all over the place. It's one of those days. The Chinese spy balloon, it is now being reported by NBC News. NBC News is saying that the Chinese spy balloon that Biden refused to uh, to shoot down until it basically was finished spying um, and left the country, that collected highly sensitive intel and sent it back to China in real time. So this is a total nightmare. Uh, our worst fear has come true, or at least according to NBC News, which 
you know, they're not exactly a right wing news outlet. So I trust them as much as I'll ever trust them. I trust them on this kind of story. They're saying that the Chinese spy balloon flew across uh, the United States. And while it did so, it was literally gathering intel on several sensitive American military facilities. The Biden administration, they tried. They claimed that they tried to prevent it from actually gathering the intel. But according to this report, this is NBC News quoting three separate officials saying China was able to control the balloon, make multiple passes over some of these very high lit sites. Sometimes it even flew in a in a figure eight formation over the site. So just think about that and then transmit the information to China in real time. The intelligence was mostly from electronic signals, which can be picked up from weapon systems and include communications from personnel on the base. So it's not images. It's actually electronic signals. This is terrifying stuff. The Chinese, who knows, they might have 20 more up in the air and they're just smarter now. We're not going to see them. The media is not going to catch on. Of course, Biden's never going to do anything about it. So this is terrifying. Like the Chinese, they are walking all over us. They are spying on us in clear, literally broad daylight, clear plain sight. And we are doing nothing to stop them. The official said that China could have gathered much more intelligence from sensitive sites. Here's what the official said. They said that the administration somehow tried to block the spy balloon because they moved around the potential targets and they obscured the balloon's ability to pick up signals by stopping them from broadcasting. I, I, do, you, do you really trust this? This is what they're saying. They're saying, well, it spied on all sorts of sensitive sites, picking up electronic signals, transmitting it in real time to China. Uh, and by the way, you know, we blocked it. How, how did you block it? Well, because we moved things around. So they weren't able to keep track of it. And we we stopped the electronic signals from being transmitted. Really? Really? Does anybody buy that for even half a second? All right. So let's get to the Trump indictment over here. 34 counts, at least one felony. As I said, charges have not been officially disclosed. We'll find them out. But um, the details of the charges that have been made public were actually leaked illegally. It's actually a crime for Alvin Bragg and his office to leak it to the media. But of course, doesn't matter because Alvin Bragg's a leftist, so he'll never get charged with that. Um, here's what's amazing. Here's the big question. Is Trump going to be convicted? Now, our first knee-jerk reaction is, uh, of course, Trump's not going to be convicted. Anybody looks at these charges for two seconds realizes that they're literally just a total sham. It's a farce. It's a hoax. However, you have to remember, the near, the, the the U.S. justice system is not about justice. I mean, look at the OJ trial, which is the most glaring example, but there's so many examples when we've seen a jury swayed one way or the other. So we're talking about, uh, so I, that's, I, I, do I believe that Trump is going to get convicted? I'm skeptical. I would be surprised if he's convicted. Nothing would shock me. Nothing would shock me with the criminal justice system, but certainly a New York City jury. And they're saying that Trump, his lawyers need to request and demand a change of venue and they need to go somewhere suburban. They cannot have this trial in New York City. Let's see if the judge allows that. This judge is already biased against Trump. No surprise there. This is the same Trump, Alan Alan Weiselberg, who is sitting in jail. He was sitting in Rikers Island, I believe, last time I checked. And uh, that's just a disgrace because he he was Trump's like CFO. He was like one of the top financial people in, in, in the Trump uh, Trump Trump's company and Trump's corporation, and he did nothing wrong. He did things that people do every single day in terms of the reporting and not reporting his income and he got a ride in the limo or whatever silly nonsense they made up, and he's sitting in jail or was sitting in jail for quite a while. Again, only crime being an associate of Trump. So if that could happen and this is the same judge, anything could happen. So, I, I, you know, again, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Trump is not going to a plea bargain and good for him. I mean, he there's no way in the world that he should ever admit any kind of innocence here, plead guilty when he's not. Easy for me to say. I guess if he's facing jail time, it's a different story. Now, as far as Trump's strategy, because remember, 
Trump found out that Bragg was going to indict him imminently, and he came out, put it out first. And I think that was an absolutely brilliant strategy. I think Trump played Alvin Bragg like a fiddle. Now, he wasn't able to avoid the indictment, obviously, as we see now. But here's what happened. Other, rather than playing defense, right, Trump, a, a lot of these politicians, they play defense. They wait for the indictment. They wait for the prosecutors to make their case, and then they try to respond. And Trump got out because they don't want to be the ones to preempt. They don't want to announce charges against themselves. Trump is the opposite. Number one, he's so confident that he's innocent, and he's so confident that that narrative is going to be very, very clear, at least to his supporters and hopefully to normal, you know, uh, clear-thinking, rational, reasonable Americans, even Democrats. There are even some Democrats who have got to be looking at this. Very few because we know about Trump derangement syndrome, but there got to be some Democrats out there. I would hope. Well, who knows, right? Who knows? But you would hope who are like— Oh, my gosh, this is what they're indicting him. I mean, this is not even classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. This is just pure drivel. This is just a, just a, a total, total farce. But so that's what Trump did is he got out in front of this and said, I heard I'm being indicted. This is a sham deal. This is, you know, a Soros backed prosecutor. These charges are made up. They're fabricated. And what happened? Suddenly the whole country is buzzing and it's like, well, what were the charges? And people who are not even paying any attention. All right, let me go check it out. And they open up the New York Times and the Washington Post and it's like campaign finance. He made payments to silence somebody and he didn't report it and it was paid by his lawyer and it wasn't even from him. Like what? Like what kind of this happens all the time. People make payments to silence people. People sign NDAs all day long. You've got to prosecute millions of people. If this is actually a crime, people started picking it apart. If Alvin Bragg announces the charges at, at that point, there's already like a presumption of guilt. There shouldn't be, but there is a presumption of guilt right there. So by Trump getting out in front of this and people kind of the whole world is buzzing about this before Alvin Bragg announces a single charge. I think that Trump did a lot. I think Alvin Bragg looks like a total buffoon here. Uh, even Cuomo, even Cuomo is literally slamming Alvin Bragg. That tells you everything you need to know. So suddenly Alvin Bragg is the one on defense and now he's the one who's going to have to make the case. I'm not talking about in, in the court. That's a whole separate story. The, 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 the actual trial. I'm talking about Alvin Bragg trying to get public opinion on his side, because this is going to be a huge embarrassment for him. Uh, QAnon Shaman, as I said, released early from a four-year prison sentence just weeks after the surveillance footage surfaced that showed that Capitol Police uh, literally led him peacefully through the Capitol. So that's an amazing, amazing coincidence. You have to believe that... that uh, Kevin McCarthy releasing those tapes and Tucker Carlson airing those tapes literally directly led to the release of QAnon Shaman. I do want to mention, and as you know, it's always so painful for me to discuss any kind of unspeakable tragedy. Um, there was this tragedy in Nashville. This already happened several days ago, but I think it's just important to mention. I'm going to try very, very hard not to politicize this in any way. There was this school shooting. You may have heard about it. You may not have. There were three children, I believe nine-year-olds, who were tragically gunned down, really, really, really just just unspeakable. Just it's just uh, it's just horrific. And uh, and then there were three adults. One of the girls, I think nine year old girls, like she was trying to pull the fire alarm. She was gunned down trying to pull a fire alarm. She was heroic, trying to literally rescue her friends and rescue other kids in the school by pulling the fire alarm and uh, and, and, and got shot in the process and was tragically struck down. So. Uh, it's look uh, again i don't want to politicize it we have to mention number one we're always hearing thoughts and prayers politicians they offer their thoughts and prayers but do they do anything to stop the violence and, and i mean on either side the democrats who say gun control is gonna stop this we can agree or disagree about that but they say 
better gun control legislation that's going to prevent these things. Well, they were in charge for two years. They passed all sorts of bills under Biden, including a sham, a phony uh, gun bill, you know, an enhancement of gun background checks or whatever thing they passed. And yet they didn't manage to pass anything under Biden or under under Obama that they say they actually want to pass in order to prevent this kind of thing. So they're just complete hypocrites. They are they are just it's pure empty words. The Democrats are, uh, you know, they're, they're just they're just complete hypocrites. I mean, they're, they're just liars. There's nothing, no way, no other way to describe this. And, you know, the Republicans who offer thoughts and prayers. They could also be doing more because whether it's uh, better background checks or whether it's not allowing mentally ill people to buy, buy guns. This person was mentally ill, this shooter, and they and they knew that. The authorities were aware of that, and yet this shooter, like the last couple of days before the shooting, bought like five or seven guns legally, but it didn't have to be. It was technically legal, but it wasn't the type of thing that legislation would have stopped. They could have stopped it because they could have said mental health issues, therefore you're not allowed to purchase these guns. Now, like I said, the nine-year-old girl heroically tried to save lives. Um, it's really, really painful to discuss this. I just want to mention, you know, that I, I, I'm open. If gun control legislation would prevent this kind of thing, how could you not be? There are people who say, listen, Second Amendment, I want a right to own a gun, even if more, better, tighter gun laws, even if that would actually prevent a shooting like this. I'm sorry. It's not worth it. It, it. You cannot sacrifice the Second Amendment for the sake of preventing children to be shot, Okay. I don't subscribe to that at all. I do not accept that. I'm extremely skeptical about whether tougher gun laws would help. But if you told me tougher gun, and I know about the UK and New Zealand, and there are places where there are very few guns and these mass shootings are extremely rare. Okay, so we've got to have that conversation. But my point is, I would be open to it if that's the answer. But here's the problem. The problem is that the much more, the much simpler and the much more basic, the lowest hanging fruit here, like the simplest, simplest and fastest way to prevent some of these shootings, maybe most of these shootings, is mental health checks. So if there's a mental mental illness, you do not allow this, these people to own guns. And that, like I said, this, this person was legitimately mentally ill. They bought seven guns or five guns the, 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 the days leading up to this shooting. So that's ridiculous. That's absurd. That should not be happening. And, uh, you know, you want to do tougher background checks, whatever. Better law enforcement, because sometimes these people get on the radar of law enforcement and law enforcement will investigate them, but they won't confiscate their guns. I'm more than happy to allow you to confiscate guns when somebody is a threat, like in this situation. Now, slippery slope. What if it gets out of hand? Listen, we'll worry about that when we get there. So far, that has not become an issue. I just want to point out some liberal teacher tweeted following, you know, because now they're also talking about having security guards in the schools, which would be very expensive, but not a bad idea. You know, they spend, they waste so many billions uh, and trillions on government programs. Like, why not use some of that money for security guards in public schools or in all schools? Now, not just public. Obviously, private schools and yeshivas would be my number one priority. And uh, and they're talking about arming teachers, and that's, that's a great idea. I mean, police officers walk around with guns. Like, why is a teacher any less qualified? These police officers, it's not like they were Navy SEALs, okay? They go to police academy for a few months. They learn how to use a gun, okay, barely. So, yes, you should definitely arm teachers. So uh, one of these liberal teachers tweeted, quote, Please stop acting like arming teachers is the answer. You don't even trust us to pick out books for your children. So some, like, bitter, um, passive-aggressive liberal here writes, please stop acting like arming teachers is the answer. You don't trust us. to. So this bitter, resentful person, oh, you don't trust us to pick out books for your children. I mean, what? it's so it's so silly. I, I don't like the fact they were politicizing it to begin with, but it was such a silly 
thing to say. Please stop acting like arming teachers. You don't even trust us. Look, I don't trust you over myself. My judgment, I want to pick out books because you pick out books that indoctrinate and brainwash children. And yeah, I don't trust you to pick out books. I trust teachers to teach my kids because it's like, to me, it's like the better of two evil. I don't want to say it that way. And I don't say it in a critical way, but like sometimes we have no idea who these teachers are, but you know, they're qualified. They got the job. So it's like, what are we, what are we going to do? Have, and like, have your kids not taught by anybody? You, yeah, I'd love to vet and screen the teachers better. You know, I'd love teachers to get paid a million dollars a year in theory, if there was a way to justify that, because then you'd be getting the cream of the crop. You're getting great teachers. So, yeah, there's sometimes you get great teachers, and then there's sometimes you just don't get very good teachers, and we got to do what we can. But why should you pick out the books when I could pick out the books? But arming teachers, of course I trust a teacher to be armed and protect kids because they're in the room anyway. Like, I I, I don't think that they're, they're going to shoot an innocent person, right? I mean, it just makes – the whole argument is, is just absurd. It just makes absolutely – no sense. Um, yeah, and like I said, the Democrats controlled Congress for two years. Biden and the Democrats passed that bogus legislation to restrict gun ownership. And there were some Republicans that voted in favor of Remember when they said, oh, this is going to actually help. This is actually going to solve the problem. And we told you it was smoke and mirrors. And now they're blaming Republicans. How do you blame Republicans? And it's like amazing because nobody's talking. If you notice now, you know, the Democrats... For those two years, like they were silent, so, you know, when 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 these men now Republicans are in charge, so the Democrats came back to blaming Republicans. But after they passed that legislation, the months following that, there were many mass shootings. And you never the Democrats say we need more gun control. We need more. We, we need tighter gun. Lo- the NRA, the gun lobby. Why didn't they say that? Because it would have been they were a bit of their, their hypocrisy would have been exposed because clearly, clearly, you know, they could have done something and, and did nothing. As simple as that. All right. A caller made the point. A caller says, you know, the Democrats, these indictments, they're not trying to hurt Trump. I've heard several people make this point. They're not trying to hurt Trump. They are actually trying to help Trump win the primaries because they want a battered and bruised Trump. They want an indicted Trump because they believe here's here's the the argument. Okay, here's the theory. And I don't subscribe to this, but it's definitely a legitimate theory. So I want to share it. They say, listen, the Democrats think that Trump is actually the weakest candidate even if he's not indicted, but certainly if he gets indicted. So they want to prop, they know, because we keep telling you that the more they indict him, the more popular he becomes within the Republican Party, the stronger his poll numbers become in the primary. Not the general necessarily, but the primary. The general, hard to know. So they're thinking, listen, this is Trump is actually the weakest candidate in general election. So we want him to win the primary. So we're going to indict him in order to make sure that he wins the primary. And that's their strategy, like a backward strategy. We're going to hurt him, but hurt him in a way that actually helps him for the primaries, but hurts him in the general. And and he's the weakest and he's going to be even weaker because he's going to be an indicted first president in history to be indicted, mugshot and all of that. So, look, I understand it. Would it shock me? I'm not saying it would shock me. I honestly, I just don't think the Democrats are that thought through. I think the left and the media, they are seething with hate, with anger and hatred for this man. Like we can't even imagine Trump derangement syndrome. It is so beyond anything we can comprehend. So putting that kind of logic and strategy, like making it that thought out, it's just not, it doesn't reflect what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is Democrats that are just totally irrational, that are just deranged, literally demented with hatred, seething hatred for Trump. So I just don't think that that thought out. Is it a good strategy? I don't think it's a good strategy. I think I think Trump in a general election is very, very tough to beat. OK, I, I think that they're going to they're going to crush whoever the candidate is. You know, they're going to they have all sorts of skeletons they are digging up as we speak or they'll just make them up like they did with Trump. So I, I honestly think that, you know, Trump has proven himself to be the most resilient. Look, I think there are other strong candidates. Another caller said, 
you know, because we keep talking about who do you want to be the the nominee, you know, for the for the 2024 election here as we head into the primary season. And, you know, caller, we've been back and forth, this caller and I, because he said Trump is not electable. And I said, no, Trump is is electable. And he called me back and he said, listen, I I would love Trump to be the president. If, if I could snap my fingers, Trump is president tomorrow. I'll gladly take it because he did so many good things. But he said that he fears Trump, the candidate, more than he fears DeSantis or Pompeo. You know, look, we can debate. I don't think anybody thinks that Mike Pence would be a strong candidate. But there are some Republicans that would be strong. But uh, this caller basically said Trump is the weakest of them all. Maybe he's not electable, but, you know, he has the most negatives. He's he he, he has you know, he's going to have the most difficult road ahead. All right. Look, like I said, I don't agree, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, and, and I keep predicting and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. But I think that Trump is a shoe in to win even before the indictments, shoe in to win the primary. So I kind of think it's a moot point. But look, obviously, we got a long way to go here. The primaries, anything can happen. So I don't want to make it like it's a done deal. QAnon Shaman back to that for a minute. Um, here's what's interesting. Elon Musk, I'm really jumping all over the place today. I mean, hopefully, you know, for people like me who are ADHD, you, hopefully you're kind of enjoying it. Like, all right, good. You know, we don't have to spend like seven minutes on the indictment. We could talk indictment for two minutes, then go to QAnon Shama, and then go to, uh, what was it? The seminar in New York City about the trouble with whiteness, the damage caused by whiteness, the disease, whiteness. So Elon Musk actually called for the early release of, release of QAnon Shaman. That is pretty astonishing. And, of course, his name is Jacob Chansley. He pled guilty September 2021 to civil disorder and violent entry into the Capitol building, even though, like I said, we now see on camera that he has nobody has ever looked less violent than QAnon Shaman. I mean, you've never seen anybody look this peaceful as the Capitol Police are gently like well, he's just courteous to them, respectful to them. And they're just walking him. It's like a tour guide. Like they're literally just walking him room to room in the Capitol. His attorney, Albert Watkins, said, quote, after serving 11 months in solitary prior to his sentence being imposed and only 16 months of a sentence thereafter, it's appropriate that this gentle and intelligent young man be permitted to move forward with the next stage of what undoubtedly will be a law-abiding and enriching life. I applaud the decision of the U.S. Bureau of Prison in this regard. Now, they didn't officially say, his, his lawyer said, quote, this was the decision of the U.S. Bureau of Prisons. I cannot speak for the U.S. Bureau of Prisons. In other words, when they asked him why he was released, it was an early release. That was confirmed. Um, and by the way, solitary, all those months in solitary confinement. How egregious is that, that this man, because he's an associate of Trump, because he's a big supporter of Trump um, and a MAGA person and QAnon shaman. And I'm not a fan of QAnon. I, I, I never claimed to otherwise, you know, they are conspiracy theorists, but put him in solitary confinement. I mean, what a disgrace. And uh, he's released early. His lawyer says, listen, I can't speak for them. I don't know why. Oh, but by the way, and I'm not the lawyer didn't say that, but I'm saying this, by the way, two, three weeks ago, Tucker Carlson uh, airs this uh, ex literally exculpatory evidence as airs these videos that exposes that QAnon Shaman it was a travesty and he never should have been placed in jail in the first place. The New York uh, City Teachers Union, I said this already, the harmful effects of whiteness. I just, I like kind of just scribbled down my notes over here. I have more details about this. The UFT, US Federation, United Federation of Teachers scheduled the online seminar, actually took place several days ago. And the event's landing page says the course is about cultural humility and inclusion will allow us to discuss how whiteness relates to privilege and identity, whatever. It's about the harmful effects of whiteness. Howard Schultz, CEO, former chairman and CEO of Starbucks, the founder of Starbucks, he testified at a Senate hearing. This is interesting because Howard Schultz at a Senate hearing, he said, you know, he kind of um, gave a little jab to Senator Bernie Sanders. He slammed Bernie Sanders in a, well, slammed is a strong word, an indirect slam. 
because he said that Starbucks, the private corporation, pays its baristas more than the highest rate of minimum wage anywhere in the country, in any state in the country. Uh, the, the minimum wage is not as high as what the what what the what Starbucks what the Starbucks corporation pays its baristas and baristas obviously are the lowest level employees they're paying them 1750 an hour and that's more than any minimum wage anywhere um including and he said including Bernie Sanders state he literally made that point including socialist Bernie Sanders state of Vermont here let me read you the quote here from um how, well I don't have the actual quote of Howard Schultz do I he says um yeah, but that's essentially what he said. He said, we pay our baristas seventeen fifty an hour, and that is higher than any minimum wage anywhere, including Bernie Sanders' state. So I like that little jab. Also, Howard Schultz, during that Senate hearing, discussed how Starbucks has closed a bunch of stores, and this is just ludicrous, that Starbucks is having to close down. They're closing down profitable stores because their employees are not safe. The stores are profitable, but... These these liberal leftist run cities, these cities mostly that are run by DAs uh, that were put into place by George Soros, um, are so unsafe right now that Starbucks had to close down. So he says they announced last summer executives were closing 16 stores. We told you about this at the time, including in Seattle, L.A., Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., because of rampant crime threatening the safety of employees. And so literally they're close. They, they are throwing profits out the window because they're worried about safety concerns, Senator Roger Marshall, Republican of Kansas, asked Schultz um, whether he still believes the, that lawlessness in this country is out of control. And he said, quote, we do, in fact, have a significant issue of safety in urban cities. Starbucks has closed many, many stores that were profitable because our own people do not feel safe working in the stores. Marshall said, quote, it's a sad day for this nation when the crime is so bad, you feel the need to close profitable shops because you cannot keep employees safe. And he said every single location closed by Schultz was in a city managed by Democrat officials. No surprise there. A new Fox News poll. We told you earlier that Trump is leading in every primary poll. New Fox News poll has Trump 30 points ahead of his next highest opponent, which is Ron DeSantis. Um, Let's see. Your Fox News poll showed Trump doubled his lead in the Republican primary since February. And remember, I always say with these polls, you got to look at trends. So different polls can have very different numbers. But you look at the poll versus itself. In other words, look at the trend of the same poll because they use the same kind of methodology for these polls month after month. The Fox News poll is going to use the same methodology as he used the month before and the month before that. And they'll have it'll have similar you know, target demographics that it's polling. So uh, in February, uh, Trump had a 15-point lead, 43 to 28%. But now in March, Trump was leading 54 to 24%. So 15-point lead, that shot up to a 30-point lead. And of course, the indictment news had a lot to do with that. New Quinnipiac poll, also Trump's significant lead. Uh, a head-to-head poll, Trump at 52%, DeSantis at 42%. When 15 candidates were included in that same poll, Trump at 47, DeSantis at 43. I mean, unbelievable. Pence at five. So nobody else even closed. Pence at five. Nikki Haley at four. No other candidate received more than two percent. And look, as we've said, um, you know, we, we, we obviously as other candidates become more well known and get out there, you expect them to go up a few notches. You expect Trump to, you know, go down a few notches. But, you know, uh, again, he still has a very, very healthy margin, healthy lead. Um Let's see. Oh, and finally, the pronoun madness. It just goes from bad to worse. 
somebody at a Pokemon trading card game, one of the contestants, one of the uh, somebody who was actually competing, one of the competitors at this tournament, uh, who was a teenager, was banned from the competition, was literally chucked out of the competition because he left when a judge asked him what his pronouns are, his preferred pronouns. He left. He kind of chuckled. It was a nervous laugh. And he says, by the way, he says he even respected the question. I don't, obviously. I think it's 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 lunacy. It is absolute lunacy, this preferred pronoun stuff. But they asked him. He said he wanted he, him, and he couldn't think of a third. He said, they said, what are your preferred pronouns? He said he, him. And then he's like, he wanted to think of a third pronoun. I, what would be a third pronoun? His, I guess? He, him, or his. And he couldn't think of his. He's like sitting there trying to think. Like, I mean, he's intimidated it, 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 by the... By the by, the lunatics on the left who have made everything about pronouns and about race and about gender, it, it's it's mind boggling. So they didn't like the chuckle. It was like he he like says he him, and then he's thinking about the third. He couldn't figure it out, so he gives a little nervous laugh. Ha ha ha! Uh, gee, what's the third? And they chucked him out of this competition. This poor teenager who's competing at a Pokemon trading card game, and this this person's name is uh, Tran. Something and that's just his name. Where where is it? Here I can't uh, I can't find. I had it written down somewhere over here. Here Makani Tran. His name is Makani Tran, and he said that he wasn't even trying to be disrespectful in any way. He said he has no problem using people's desired pronouns. I do. He doesn't. He says um, the amount of frustration I felt and still feel is insane. I have never been treated so unbelievably unfairly. And it's such an opportunity taken away from me for something I did not even do. Judge said while he believed that I had no bad intentions, it did not matter because at the end of the day, someone was offended and upset. I mean, the woke radical left, they are, it's just, there are no words to describe how insane they have become. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.